0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Today, if your eyes are on the falling market, if your eyes are on the collapse of our economy, 700,000 plus people are going on first-time unemployment each week, America is in free fall. We have been locked down for no good reason. We are wearing masks for no practical purpose. We're in trouble. But if your eyes are on that, and you're following all of the conspiracy theories, and you're listening to all of the media outlets that are talking about Donald Trump or Mr. Biden, and you're filled with concern about what's happening politically in America, you're missing what God's looking at. And To be honest with you, I'm not much concerned about what's happening in man's world. I'm much more concerned about what's happening in God's world. I'll tell you what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that God is in a deconstruction program right now with the American church. Yes, a deconstruction, not a wrecking project, a deconstruction project, where he's taking apart buildings and institutions. He's taking apart what we have considered normal Christian life in America. It is over. The church will never go back to being a normal American church. That's going to cause a lot of pain for a lot of pastors and people. Churches are going bankrupt. They can't pay their mortgage. Some churches report 50% of their people are no longer paying tithe, are not going online. We're in trouble. God is doing something in this nation with the church. He is deconstructing it. And he is then, as we wait upon him, going to rebuild the church in America, and it will be a dramatically different kind of church. I'm not going to try to describe this church except to say its primary focus will be on righteousness and justice. And God will move in power in many new ways. There will be an outpouring of Holy Spirit power. The Holy Spirit will come. But as we look at these issues, our hearts can be overtaken with fear and concern. How am I going to live? How will I buy food? Where will I live? In my car? in another person's family, does it matter? I don't think it really matters. I think what matters is what God is doing in his economy. And now, to participate in God's economy, you need to know how to pray. One dear sister called me and said this morning, that is... March 18, 2021, she is beginning a 40-day fast. Now, as she prayed that through and felt called by the Spirit to do this 40-day fast, the Lord spoke to her. And he told her she could have one meal a day for 40 days and gave her the choice of lunch or dinner. And even that will be restricted. It will be for living, not for luxury. Her intention is to seek the face of God and hear from Him clearly and to be completely victorious in her prayer intercession for the American church. She also is praying for you and for me. She listens to the radio every single day. this broadcast. We need to know how to pray, and fasting and prayer go together. Righteousness and justice are the two things God is asking of us as he builds this new church, but he hasn't really started yet. Right now, he's just in the deconstruction phase, and he wants us to wait and pray That we enter not into temptation. So, as we look at this issue, I want to take you to a model prayer in the New Testament. The disciples ask Jesus, Teach us to pray, like John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. How do we pray? It was in response to that that Jesus gave them what we know as our Father, or the Lord's Prayer. I'd like to walk through the Lord's Prayer with you and give you the meaning of several of the Greek words that will expand our understanding of how we are to pray and what the Word of God is saying to us when He gives us this prayer. The prayer opens in Matthew, the 6th chapter, verse 9. He had just said, don't pray like people who just say a lot of words. But instead, he said, in this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven our Father. I want you to hear that. When we're in our private prayer closet, we need to recognize that we are not alone, that we are part of a vast army of people that God is raising up for his kingdom. So when I go in the prayer closet, I don't pray, my Father, who art in heaven. I pray, our Father, because we are a family of God, Remember, this prayer was given to disciples. And so we pray, Our Father, and then we identify which Father we're talking about. In heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. The word hallowed is made up of two Greek words. Separated. From earth. So we're saying our Father in heaven, the one separated from earth, that is separated from lying, from all rising evil, from every wicked thing that is a part of the world, God is separate from that. He is righteous and He is just. That's why the new American church that is going to be built in America will be filled with righteousness and justice. And I want to tell you that as he brings this new church forth, under the power of the Holy Spirit, there will be great weeping in the body of Christ as men and women recognize the sin of their heart and of their life. So we're praying to our Father, who is separated from the earth, who is not in any way unrighteous, that he is righteous and he is just. And then it says, your kingdom come. Remember, Jesus brought the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel is the good news of the kingdom that is now among us. As Pastor Ladd would say, the kingdom is among us, but it's not realized. Not the full realization. We have the kingdom now, but we don't have the full kingdom yet. Then he says, in this kingdom that is coming, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you recognize there's going to have to be a major shift to bring earth into alignment with heaven and all of the rest of our time on this earth until Jesus comes will be a radical process of bringing God's people into alignment with the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of darkness, Belzebub's kingdom. Now, I want to say to you, This is, without a doubt, the most dangerous part of the prayer. There's nothing that you could say that would be riskier with the potent of great danger in your life if you are clinging to your normal American life because you are saying, I want your will to be done in my life. Now, as I'm praying, I pray, O oh Father, our Father, would you bring to pass your will in my life? Whatever it takes, whatever the cost to me personally, it doesn't matter. What I want, above all else, is that you would bring to pass your will in my life, in the same way you bring your will about in heaven. I don't want there to be any separation between my heart and heaven. So whatever you need to do to bring me into alignment, please do that. Lord, and I prayed this this morning, would you bring about your will in this radio broadcast? would you move in the hearts of the people who are going to listen to this message today and I ask that your will be done in their life even as your will is done in heaven. And Lord, do whatever you have to do with them. I have two precious brothers who minister auto mechanics and they will take care of the car they'll repair it but they'll also preach the gospel to whoever has that car and if that person gets angry or blows them off and leaves they have a very bold prayer Lord cause that car to go broke again. Do something in that car to make them come back, that they could again listen to the word of God. If you have to make the tire blow, if you have to cause some part of the motor to fail, Lord, do whatever you have to do, but bring them back so they have another opportunity to receive love from us and the teaching of the gospel. I'll be honest with you. I pray the same thing about you. If you've gotten angry with me and you no longer contribute to this ministry, or you've gotten angry with me and you no longer listen, well, I know God will bring you back again because I pray, Lord, whatever you have to do in that person's life, will you bring them back Would you bring such joy or such brokenness into their life that they must come back and listen, because this one place they receive a straight word from God. It's unvarnished. It's straight and clean and pure. And so I pray, Lord, do whatever you have to do. Bring them back. Cause them to listen and cause them to respond and cause them to repent of their sin. I know one man who who doesn't listen anymore because he was offended when I said, if you're shacked up with somebody you're not married to, stop it. God is displeased and he will judge you. He will bring God's judgment upon you. So get clean, break out of that relationship or marry her. Well, he got mad, and he stopped listening. So you know what I prayed? Lord, break that relationship. Separate them. Cause disfavor to come between them because it's an unholy alliance. They're walking in sin before you. And then bring them back to your word that they could hear and understand. Now, please, you understand, I pray this for my family. I pray God's blessing for my daughters and their family. And I pray, oh God, if there's any area of sin in their lives, would you expose it for them? Would you uncover them? I pray for everyone. Lord, uncover the wickedness. If there is any such thing in their heart, uncover it. Bring them to yourself. And I've seen God do such magnificent things. Oh, terrifying things. Terrifying things. As God brings his will in someone's life, sometimes that will, according to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, Is a whipping. Sometimes it's kindness and blessing. For God's kindness is meant to bring us to repentance. But if we don't repent when God is kind, He will bring the whipping. And so for some people, I pray God's kindness. And for other people, I pray God's whipping. Do you understand? I pray for the church. I pray that God's will will be done in the church, even as his will is done in heaven. And it's not just my prayer. It's many of you who have prayed this. You have prayed that God will bring judgment unto America, unto repentance, not destruction. This is your kingdom come, your will be done. Sometimes I'll spend an hour two hours many hours a days praying this prayer, just this portion of the lord's prayer until i see the lord's will being done but i most especially pray it for myself i pray lord make me as holy as a man can be made holy make me as righteous as a man can be made righteous Make me as just as a man can be made just. And use whatever discipline in my life is necessary to bring that to pass. And if I don't respond to your kindness, then, Lord, bring judgment unto righteousness in my life. I can't afford to go to sleep on the edge of the precipice and fall into hell. I can't afford to do that. There's a heaven to win. There's a hell to miss. Don't play with God. Now I have to say to you, oh, I trust the Father, our Father. I trust his love. I trust his righteousness. I trust his judgment. He knows what he's doing he knows exactly what he's doing. And he has a scalpel that cuts very fine. The word says it even separates bone from marrow. I pray, O oh God, use that scalpel now on my life. Use it, O oh God. I give you permission. I beseech you. Do whatever you have to do in my life to bring me fully into line with who you are and what your plans are for your kingdom. And all, I have to tell you this. Do you know what a lathe is? My dear brother, Don, is a, a woodworker. And he told me about going over to a friend's house, a neighbor who has a lathe. And there he was able to put the chisel to the wood and reduce it into the shape that was useful for him. A lathe is a piece of equipment that turns a piece of wood, and the master craftsman puts a chisel to it and shapes it into what he desires it to be. If it's a lamp, if it's a vase, whatever it is. Well, I want to tell you, I am conscious of being on God's lathe. I have been much too big for God to use. And he has me on the lathe and he's, he's shaving me down. And sometimes I look at me and I say, Lord, there's not going to be anything left of me, but please make me smaller. So you will be bigger. Because it's your power that we need. It's not my power. I have none. So shave me down. Chip me down. Turn me on that lathe. And I submit to whatever it is you want to do with me. I praise you. I worship you, O Lord. Keep the chips flying off me. Reduce me. Till there's no pride left. There's no selfishness left. There's just an honest giving of myself into your hand, O God. My sister, who's going to be fasting these 40 days, I know what's going to happen to her. She's going on God's lathe. And he's going to do some very fine chisel work in her life. And she's going to come out filled with the glory of God. That's what I want. I want God's glory, that he would be honored. Now, let's continue. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, what is our daily bread? I don't believe he's talking here just about natural food. He said in John, the sixth chapter, verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh. Verse 53, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh, of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and i will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is real food indeed and my blood is drink indeed and he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall abide in me and i in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Jesus is the bread that comes down from heaven. Now let's be clear. the bread that comes from heaven, you know, not the all of the political YouTube videos. Some of you are addicted to looking at political YouTube videos. Some of you are addicted and go regularly to play your video games. Some of you are addicted to pornography. Some of you are addicted to having people fawn over you. Some of you are addicted to gluttony, and your body reflects that. Do you understand? You can love the chocolate, love the ice cream, be addicted to all of the things of this world, looking at all the conspiracy theories. that's not going to do it for you. What will nourish your body and your mind and your spirit is the broken body of Jesus Christ. What will slack your thirst is not alcohol. Some of you are wine bibbers and frankly you're becoming an alcoholic you will sit down and you'll have a whole bottle of wine. Or you're addicted to beer or hard liquor or to some other form of drug. Television is also a drug. Your cell phone can be a drug. Anything you're addicted to means you're eating that instead of eating the broken body of Jesus. Well, pastor, how do I eat the broken body? You read the scriptures and you pray as I'm teaching you today. Life is found in the scriptures, not in all of these things, not in novels, not in lies. If you want life, you want righteousness, you want justice, then read the word, pray, and fast. And God will come and minister to you. Now, and forgive us our debts... As we forgive our debtors or forgive our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, if you're not if you're not eating the bread of God, you won't even know what your sins are, and you'll have no conviction sometimes do you know what you're doing wrong, but you have no conviction about it? It's because you are numb. You're not reading the scriptures. And you have to confess, Lord, I have no conviction about this. Please, would you, would you do your will in my life? Would you cause me to come under deep conviction that I could come to you and repent of this? But I love my sin. Lord, change my heart. And now we come to this last part. Do not lead us into temptation. Well, God will never lead you into temptation. So what's the word meaning? What is the word for temptation that's being used, that's translated temptation? Well, it's Poneros, P-O-N-A-Y-R-O-S, if we spell it in English, um, no, I'm sorry. That's the next word, evil. This word is parasmus. Do not lead us into parasmus. Parasmus means a saying. Or, putting to proof with the purpose of discovering what the character is, testing a person to determine what they're made of, where their loyalties are, Do you remember Satan asked the Lord if he could if he could test if he could sift Peter he was granted permission. The Lord is saying to us, ask that permission not be granted for the devil to put you through the assayer's test, through the fire, through the evaluation. Because with that parasmus, that piercing comes, deliver us from the evil one. Well, what is it in the Greek? That's what I just said. It's poneros. It means toilsome, bad, hurtful. There's Greek a lexicon says full of labors, hardships, pressed, hard pressed by labor, perils, dangers. So, in other words, if we are led into the parasmus. We're going to be assayed like gold is assayed. It's crushed. It's put in the pot. It's heated. It's separated out to determine how much gold is in the the ore. And the Lord is saying, pray that you won't be pressed that way. Pray that the devil is not allowed to begin to pierce you through with sorrows. Deliver us from the evil one. Strong's Concordance: the number is forty-one ninety. For those scholars that want to look it up, forty-one ninety is parasmus. No, forty-one ninety is poneros. I'm sorry. Toilsome. In other words, when Satan comes to sift us, as he did Peter, what's the result? Weeping, agony of heart, sorrow, hardship. Now, Peter came through. Jesus said, I prayed for you that when you come through, you'll encourage the brothers. And believe me, on the day of Pentecost, he was a great encouragement to the brothers. He stood and preached that powerful sermon that was used by God to win 3,000 in a day. So the prayer that we're called to pray is a prayer that says, don't let the devil pierce me. Don't let the devil have his way with me. Holy Spirit, you search my heart. Holy Spirit, You speak to me about my condition. Don't let the devil come close to me. Put a wall of fire around my life. Don't let Satan come and oppress me. Don't let Satan come and and destroy me. He tried to save Peter that night. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. If Peter had watched and prayed, instead of going and sitting down with the ungodly around that warm fire on that cold night, he would not have fallen. The devil could not have pierced him. But he did not watch and he did not pray. And the devil had access. And believe me, when the devil has access to your life and to your heart, He's going to put you into very trying temptations. You say, you love Jesus? All right, Mr. Devil says, let's see how much you really love Jesus. You'll deny him. You'll turn away from him when the piercing comes. When you can't pay for your mortgage, you can't pay for your rent, your car is taken from you, oh, then you'll turn against the Lord. You'll be pierced. Great sorrow will come to your heart. But you know what? If you had that time in the prayer closet, regardless of what comes, you're going to lift your hands in praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God, and He's going to carry you. And you will not fall to the piercing. Because with the piercing comes toilsome, hard labor, hurt, pressed, and harassed, perils, danger. because you are not hidden in Jesus Christ. Now, I know people who've been in the piercing for a long time. Why? Because there's still a part of their heart that's proud, arrogant before God. And God tried to get at their pride and their anger, and their. but they were rebellious. And they set their own course. And they said, this is what I have to do. I've got to suffer through this. Because they would not accept the Lord's deliverance. Their pride would not allow them to. Their arrogance would not allow them to receive what God wanted to give them. That's a terrible thing. To be led into the charasmus, the piercing, because it's accompanied by such anguish of heart. You see, if we're hidden in Jesus, no matter what happens, we rejoice in Jesus Christ. If we're homeless, we rejoice in Jesus Christ. If we're sleeping in a car or a tent, we rejoice because we're in Jesus Christ. Do you remember in Hebrews it said they went about in the mountains dressed in rags? They had their property confiscated. That wasn't a piercing, because in the midst of their anguished situation, they lifted their hands in praise and worship to Jesus and counted it a small thing to suffer for the kingdom of God. You see, our outward circumstances do not determine a man or woman's inner life. It's Jesus who controls the inner life of a man or woman who walks in righteousness and justice, who walks rejoicing in Jesus. My late wife, I held in my arms as she as she died of cancer it was all i could do to rise up and praise the name of jesus even as i wept for my loss it wasn't her loss she gained her suffering was over she was able to go home and be with Jesus. But I was in loss. But in the midst of that, in the anguish of that, I had to lift my hands to Jesus and praise him and worship him and say, Jesus, I don't understand. But you stood between us, and you had the first right on her life. And you exercised it. And it's okay. Now, true, I died when she did, and it's taken me now almost 11 years to begin to recover my footing in terms of practical living. But through it all, I have not been angry with God. I have praised his name. And I've said, Lord, you know. And I be very honest with you, through that suffering, I have grown exponentially. I have grown by leaps and bounds through the suffering of the loss of my wife. She was in some ways, an idol to me, everything for her. My life centered around her, too much. That's hard to say, but it's true. But now, my life is solely centered around Jesus Christ. And I've grown in patience and in understanding and compassion, in love. It's hard for me to do funerals. I just did one for a dear friend it's hard for me to do funerals because I feel the loss and my my feelings go out to that family. A person's passing leaves such an empty hole in your life and the only thing that can truly fill it is Jesus. Oh, my brother, my sister, this is how we must pray. Do not lead us into the parasmas. Don't let Satan have access to our lives. Deliver us from the the pain and the suffering of when the devil comes upon us. When Jesus comes, it's not pain and suffering. It's all joy. Oh, I don't like a whipping from God, and I've gotten many of them. But it creates a harvest of righteousness, not of despair and not of discouragement. It reaps, according to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, a whole harvest of righteousness and joy and peace. Yes, the only thing that can fill a broken man's heart is either bitterness and sorrow, anger, or the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ. That's what we pray for when we pray the Our Father. We pray, don't don't let the devil have access to us. Deliver us from all the pain and anguish that comes with the devil when he is able to get at us. Lord, don't, don't let that happen. And then it closes. For yours, that is, our Father. Yours is the kingdom. Remember, we started talking about the gospel of the kingdom of God. Yours is the kingdom. The gospel is about your kingdom. And you've brought me into your kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It belongs to you. It's your kingdom. your power it's not my power it's the power of almighty God it's not me it's him and so we come asking for his power to be exercised on our behalf his is the kingdom his is the power His is the glory, that unexpressible light beyond imagination, that that which is holy, set apart, belonging to the Father, belonging to Jesus, belonging to the Holy Spirit, So we close out our prayer time by acknowledging that Jesus is totally in control. Our Father is totally in control. The Holy Spirit can do what he needs to do in my life because I've asked that his will be done, not my will. I can spend hours and do praying this prayer. Coming close to the Lord God of heaven. Acknowledging his right to rule over me and over this American church and over America. The Democrats don't rule America. The Republicans do not rule over America. The president does not rule. The Congress, the Senate... The Supreme Court, they don't rule over America. God rules over America. And in the end, it will be according to his will, even as his will is done in heaven. So I'm coming now into agreement when it doesn't look like it's happening. We don't have time to talk about it today, but we will later. I pray without ceasing. Some people say, only ask one time. No, they don't know how to pray. They're foolish. Jesus repeated three times, asking that he'd be delivered, that we're told about in Scripture, with tears and weeping. And the Scriptures tell us he was heard because of his reverent submission. Why do we pray something more than once? Not so God can hear, but that we can hear ourselves, and we can submit to God's will. Are you willing today to pray the Lord's Prayer? Do you have the courage? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Tomorrow will be a prayer day. I invite you to call and pray online with me over the air. I always look forward to Fridays. We're coming toward the end of the month, and we're a long, long ways from being able to pay the radio bill this month. For some reason, last month and this month are so slow with contributions. I know this is not listener sponsored radio. This is Jesus-sponsored radio, and I know he'll move in your heart as he needs to to prompt you to give, because this is his broadcast, not mine. I ask you to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. As you receive your COVID money, consider a portion of that for Pilgrim's Progress. You can write to me, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can go online and give. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. Click on the upper right-hand corner and you can give online. Shannon, thank you. Thank each one of you who is giving. God bless you. I love you. I pray today's been helpful. I'll talk to you soon.